Uh, welcome to the Running, Intermittent Fasting, and Weight Loss Podcast. I am your host, Tadrice Parker, aka Coach, coaching running, weight loss, and accountability since 2013. Our website is runtothebestyou.com. There, you can find our online coaching programs for beginners and beyond. We are going to show you how walking or running just three days per week can get you into the best shape of your life. Intermittent fasting will help you turn back the hands of time, regenerate cells, have more energy with less food cravings. And the weight loss? Well, that will take care of itself as we inspire you to keep your nutrition real. So head over to our website and take us up on our seven-day Keeping It Real Health Challenge. With that, you will be added to our Facebook accountability group for free for seven days. Seven days can change your life. Now let's get into this week's show. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. We had some technical difficulties when it came to the microphone. We recorded this podcast live at Starbucks. So I apologize in advance if you have trouble hearing me ask the questions. But Olivia dropped some really good information in this podcast, and I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Uh, Welcome to this week's podcast. You guys can be listening to anything in the world right now but you decided to press play on this podcast. And for that, I thank you so very much. This week, we're recording live at Starbucks in Galloway, New Jersey. Super excited, right in my hometown. And we have a special treat for you guys. Our podcast today is going to be talking about pushing it to the limits. So in some of our episodes, we're talking about running. In some of our episodes, we're focusing on intermittent fasting. And at the end of the day, Many people pick up pick up running to get into better shape. And so therefore, weight loss is going to come. All right? But today, we're going to be focusing, once again, on pushing it to the limit. A lot of people, including myself, may sign up to a 5K race, and we are middle of the packers, right? Uh, a lot of people that I coach are beginners. They have a 5K on their bucket list. And they want to accomplish by the time they reach 40 years old, for example. Okay, so my a lot of my clients are those individuals. Let me take a second to introduce myself for those that is just listening to this podcast for the first time. My name is Tadrees Parker. I'm passionate about helping families live the best life, full of energy, in the healthiest state possible. I'm a health and running coach, helping families since 2013 lose weight run their first 5K, or even progress to running half marathons now. I am the founder of an organization called Keep Calm and Run to the Best You, where we help people run, walk, to, like, it's not all about running the whole distance all the time. We teach a run, walk, run strategy. We also teach those that just want to run the whole thing. That's not a problem. We help local individuals at our parks, but we also help online, and we're looking for more online Listeners' questions, and we're going to ask Olivia how she goes about 
uh, tracking her runs, okay? So we've had a question on our podcast. We like to feature questions and answer those questions that individuals have. And this podcast today, we're not going to answer a lot of questions, but I decided to handpick this question from Ed, and he asked how would he keep a journal, basically. And I know how I keep my journal, and I know what I answered to him, but we're going to feature that question in the podcast. But without further ado, let me give this lady a proper introduction, right? In 2019... She's won the Bungalow Five Miler back in June, right on Atlantic City Boardwalk. Just set the boardwalk on fire, okay, the way she finished that race, all right? She came in third place in the 2019 April Fool's Half Marathon, okay? And her name is Olivia DeRogatis. How are you today, Olivia? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Very yeah, excited. I, I'm super excited. You know, I met you after that bungalow five miler. You were sitting on the side, you know, like you never even ran that day. <laughs> you were just so calm, so relaxed. And uh, I just started a- asking you about your sneakers, you know. And what I appreciated about, you know, the way our conversation went, like you were so humble you just finished running this race and as we were standing in line to pick up our our to see if we won in our age group next thing i know they make an announcement first overall female is olivia who i was just talking to not too long ago right and so how did that feel um that was very exciting for me um it was actually the first race that i've ever won came in first place that was you know of a pretty big size so it was great um no one from my family was there, so that's why I was just sitting alone on the boardwalk. Well, well you're fa- we're family now. That's we're, exactly. We're, we're, I'm we're excited for now. the races to come. <laughs> that, that's amazing. Um, I was there with two of our participants. That was my first time ever running a five-miler, um, and I had two participants with me, Katie Ayers, who was at the time she was getting a drink trying to recover she got she got a little dehydrated and then lisa was there and lisa uh if you do not know she's like 58 years old and to run a five mile race for her is a big feat you know yeah she's never done anything like that before so and she just joined our group in june i feel like the group has given her life you know i mean she was running on her own and found it challenging and she was looking for a group to run with you know and uh not only are we a group that just runs together, but I do training. I, I give them schedules that they train for. So let me ask you, did you run today? I did run today. How far did you go? Uh, 10 miles this morning. 10? Yeah. Nice job. Nice job. Uh, so more important, let me ask you a couple of questions, okay? Okay. What has gotten you into running? Is this something that you've been doing since you, know, you were a kid in high school? What got you into running? So actually, no, it's not. Um, growing up, I always played a lot of sports. I played basketball and lacrosse. And then um, once I graduated college, I kind of just used running as a way to, you know, stay fit and um, have a healthy life. But um, I kind of got a little addicted <laughs> right away. And um, ever since then, I've started to take it more seriously. But I really only became um, competitive with it about a year ago. So Really? Just the beginning. <laughs> you know what's interesting about this uh, is that I had Ryan on uh, several weeks ago, and Ryan is a slim, slender guy, 
his very first 5K was our race that we host for the South Jersey Field of Dreams called Keep Calm and Run to the Best You 5K. It helps support disabled children. And he won in his age group. And he said it was his very first 5K. And I'm like, wow, and you won in your age group with a decent time. Yeah. Then the next time I saw him was at a cancer run in Atlantic City on the boardwalk. And he came flying in and uh, came 17th place overall. And I'm like, man, you were just born to run. And then a couple of days later, I see him on Facebook from two years ago with a belly, got beer in his hand. Oh, wow. And he said he just started taking running seriously. So it's, it's funny how, you know, our perception is like a person that's great at running must have been running for a very long time. And, you know, so that's amazing how, you know, you were playing basketball, lacrosse. You know, running is sometimes other sports punishment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely basketball and lacrosse. <laughs> you know what? You missed this. Go go take some laps, you know? Um, now, a funny, kind of not funny story, but how I got into running was because I was I had asthma growing up. Um, and I wanted to try out for basketball and felt like I needed to run to get in shape so that I could build my stamina up. And I did not make the basketball team. However, um, however, I lost all this weight while I was running. You know, my foster parents thought that they had to actually pull me to the side and ask me, have I been doing drugs because I started losing weight in my yeah. face and my bones, my cheekbones started to show, you know? And I'm like, no, you know, at the time, Olivia, I was running throughout the town. I would ride my bike everywhere. I didn't have, I didn't know. They didn't even tell me that there was a bus that would take me to the mall. So I was either walking or riding my bike. What did they expect was going to happen? <laughs> right. And so I like how you said that in college, uh, that transition I just want to touch on that one more time because sometimes after high school or, you know, in your case, college, sometimes we will start to, life start to happen. We take more jobs and we don't run as much as we used to. So what has kept you running? Um, so I guess for me, what's kept me running would be just the, the feeling that I get uh, when I finish running and then also... Um, I kind of use it as a way to keep my daily routine together. So I think that it's great, you know, when you wake up, you go for a run, and then you kind of have your whole, sets up your whole day. So I like that as well. Did you run yesterday? Yesterday, yes, I did. Okay. Do you run every day? Uh, usually every day. Okay. All right. Say about every two to three weeks, I will have day off. Every two or three weeks? Yes. Okay. All right. The reason why I have that voice reflection because sometimes with runners, um, I read a book called Run Less, Run Faster, and it was talking about how marathon runners or runners who just love it in general general, will have a tendency to want to run six, seven days a week. However, there are some other things that we can do, cross-train, that so that you're not putting a lot of pressure on yourself. So they were encouraging a say a three two one system where you run three days a week bike or swim the other two days and don't forget strength training like on your arms and your legs and stuff like that now other one day is a rest day okay so um also am i saying that right 
I know there's a one day for rest, okay? Maybe the other day could be yoga or Pilates to kind of help strengthen your muscles and stretch out a little bit. Um, that way you're not constantly pounding on the pavement. I'm pretty sure that you don't just run on the pavement. You probably go to track or boardwalk sometimes. Those, those um, surfaces are much better than pounding on the concrete, okay? Um, and so let me ask you this. Um, what do you do for work? Um, so right now, I'm actually in a kind of transition phase. I was working at a insurance consulting firm. Okay. And I now am going to go back to school to be a teacher. Uh, so, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Right now, I'm just, I'm working actually at a restaurant, uh, waitressing and hostessing. Awesome. So. And you must be fast. Like, you must make a lot of tips because you're so fast. <laughs> <laughs> you the water, the check, you know what I mean? Like, just running you're, around the place. You're, you're, you're probably, like, banging on the uh, counter, like, cook, get this done. I'm ready to run back out to the table. Now, yeah, I, I can see you being an awesome uh, waitress, for sure, for sure. Um, and so I like, you know, one of my questions was going to be, is it hard to find balance between work and getting your trainings done? However, uh, I'm a big proponent of the Miracle Morning. I listened to how Elrod's books called The Miracle Morning for salespeople. I asked him to make a Miracle Morning book for athletes, and he said it was a good idea, uh, but it would be a couple of years down the road. Now, since I asked that question, we are a couple of years away now. How? Come on, we got to get this book. So, But what I liked about what you said about how your morning routine sets up your whole day. Okay, and so running has seemed to, you know, get your mind right. You already know that. So um, is that how you've been able to have that balance between work and not allowing life to get in the way of your training? Yeah, but I would definitely say that um, the morning helps. I find that when I don't run in the morning, it kind of just becomes like putting it off, putting it off. Um, sometimes doesn't always get done. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that that really has helped me. So so what's your morning routine then? Does it, like sometimes I talk about setting up your morning the night before, right? Is that something that you do? Yes, definitely. <laughs> so it's actually funny you say that, but every night before I go to bed, um, my family always makes fun of me, but I always check the weather to make sure that I am prepared for whatever. Absolutely. Is, I think it's a little easier to know going into it that it's going to be raining or very windy or something than just <laughs> heading out and right. being faced with the elements. Absolutely. So Absolutely. Because if you know the weather's going to dip to 15 degrees in the morning, what are you going to do? You're going to set your Under Armour clothes yeah. out. You're going to have your gloves out potentially, right? Because, yeah. listen, it's not going to be summer forever. We're already getting ready to transition to the fall months. They're already talking about pumpkin spice this, pumpkin spice that, <laughs> right? Before you know it, it's going to be, like you said, rainy or freezing out. Yeah. And so if you have your shorts and your T-shirt set up and you can go to walk outside and it's raining and you don't have that, you got to go find your rain gear. You might sit back on the bed, you might sit back on the couch, fall asleep, you know what yep. I mean? But like you do, if you know the night before, now you got to set up. Do you have your, like, running sneakers and your things that you need? Is that, like, set up by your bed so you can just get out and put it on? Or do you have it set by the front door? How, how do you do it? I usually set it uh, across the room just to make sure that I actually do get up, get out of bed, and walk across the room and get it. Olivia so. is dropping nuggets on you guys, man. 
this is this is the type of stuff that they talked about in the Miracle Morning, right? You gotta set your alarm clock across the room, get up, go across the room, go get it, right? So let me see, let me see. Uh, I had another question. Do you run with music? So uh, I go through phases. Right now, I'm in a music phase, but I do think it is important if you are someone that always runs with music to run without music because um, it's very, I find that it's a very different mindset when you're without music. You can really focus on the run and what you're doing. Um, another thing is if I'm doing a workout where it's not just going out for a 10 mile easy run or something like that. Um, I usually never use music just because I want to be fully present in what I'm doing. I like that, fully present. Here, here you guys want to laugh a little bit? So I'm doing the Wildwood Half Marathon. And this is one of the last times that I ran with music during a half marathon, right? And so, just beat it, beat it, beat it, beat it. No one wants to beat, beat it. That came on in mile six. I get hype on that song. Yeah. Too hype. And what do you think happened? I burnt myself out. I couldn't even. <laughs> there was so much stuff happening. Like the year before, I had two runners there with me at that race. This year, that particular year, I had nobody. So negative stuff started like creeping into my mind. That song came on, sped me up, got me super excited. And then, like, around mile 11, 10 and a half, 11 on a 13-mile half marathon, I just didn't have it anymore. Negative thoughts came in. It just shut me down. That It could have been the music getting me too fast in mile 5 or 6 or whatever that came on. So I agree with you that you want to be present. Turn the music off. You know, uh, our emotions is highly tied to the music. And you are not present in understanding how the song may slow you down too much in the beginning, may speed you up too much in the later on. Yeah, so a funny story about that, actually, a couple weeks ago, I was on a 15-mile long run, and my headphones died at mile eight. And as soon as my headphones died, I noticed myself starting to slow down, and I was getting really in my head. I was like, oh, come on, I can't believe my headphones died. This is going to be awful. But... um. Eventually, you know, you kind of just get through it. But it, it was interesting to see, you know, how dependent you can become on things like that. So. Yeah, uh, it could be anything. I use the Nike Run Plus, uh, Nike Run Club app. Uh, if, if I feel like it, it died on me or, you know, the watch, the GPS is saying that I only ran uh, point. 0.85 miles when I know that that should have been one mile, you know, like the gadgets sometimes really can like mess with your mind and it will it'll tear you up. It'll, it'll definitely tear you up. Let's transition to this. When it comes to pushing yourself to the limit, how would one do so? How do you do it? Now, for me, let me tell you before you answer that question, for me, it's easy to run 13 miles at a, excuse me, it's not easy for me to run. 13 miles at a nine minute per mile average, right? That's something I may do at the half marathon, right? But in practice, I might be doing 10 or 11 minutes. And I know that that's okay because you want to have those slow runs, but I never can seem to push myself that hard in practice. And then on race day, maybe I will get a better time. Maybe I will get 8.30 if I could push myself in practice. So um, when it comes to pushing yourself to the limit, how would one do so? Um, so I would say for me, probably the most important part is always just remembering 
what the goal is and then trying to structure everything around that. Um, so in practice, like you said, I'm not running, you know, six minute miles all the time. I do probably 80% of my training in about the seven or eight or even sometimes if it's a hard week, I'll go up to the nine, 10 minute range because I do think that those recovery runs are really important so that you can really push on the workout days. And then when you get comfortable on the workout days, the race becomes kind of just an extension of that and you can really test your limit, I would say. Okay. So did you, did you ever have a running coach or like, are you self-taught? Um, so I do have a running coach now. Um, only more recently when I started to become more serious with it in the beginning, I was kind of just doing my own thing. And then, uh, but this has been great. And, and most likely you have, he has you do, he or she have you do, uh, speed work once a week or like, like us. Uh, we do speed work generally on Tuesdays. Then we do some like hill training on Thursdays. And then we do uh, our long distance run on the weekend. Yep. So for me, I, it's pretty similar. I'll normally do some like a track workout or a speed workout um, on Tuesday. And then I might do a tempo run where it's just you're running at about 75% of your race pace. So I'll do that on Thursdays and then a long run on the weekend and all the days in between it's just a very easy relaxed uh pace something that you can maintain a conversation the whole time very nice very nice now you came out and met with us one tuesday and they made fun of me as i was trying to describe what happened at the bungalow five miler so what happened guys listeners out there is that as i'm running my five miler uh, somewhere along the line, a bunch of ladies noticed the first lady that was heading on her way back, right? They were like, you go, girl, you go, girl, first lady, first lady. And I'm like, I didn't even look because I was so in the zone for my own race, though. I didn't see who that first lady was, right? And, of course, as I mentioned, she won the bungalow five-miler, so obviously it was Olivia here. Olivia, did you hear... Did you hear yes, the Yes, I did. Calling? I heard it. And uh, thank you so much. It was super <laughs> encouraging. I had no, well, I knew I was in the front because the woman on the bike was with me, but I had no idea how close anyone was behind me or anything like that. So that really kept me going and right. so, got so, me all the way so through. Some, some runners act like they are in a secret zone. They, they, they block everything out. <laughs> no. you, you, you were present. <laughs> yeah, were I heard present. All, of, all of those tears, so that was awesome. <laughs> and you must have heard that all the way down the line because, you know, there was tons of ladies throughout the race, so you probably heard it as yep. you were the first way, all the way back down to the end. So um, that's awesome. And so pushing it to the limit. Take me one more time through that, um, that aspect, like, when you are out in the lead like that, do you have a high uh, threshold for pain? Um, are you pushing through that? What, what do you, what, what's happening there? Yeah, I would definitely say that um, with any race, there's going to be some aches and pains. Um, but I think at the end of the day, I always kind of try to look at it as that it's something that I get to do, not something that I have to do. So, um I know one day that I probably won't be able to 
push through as much. So that kind of keeps me going, and that's what I like to think about. Say four or five K. At what point do you start to feel the pain threshold? Like now, let me take you through this. Some people, Olivia, they work on a negative split, right? So they go out easy. And yes. then they try to uh, finish the second half faster than the first half, right? Some people will take off and just book. They would just, that gun goes off, bang, they, they're out. And they know, they go into it knowing that they're going to be in pain and have to hold on to it the rest of the way, right? And then maybe someone like myself who's been working on that negative split still Okay, I'll go out, and if I'm not careful, the, the adrenaline would have me take off too fast in mile one. I'll slow down in mile two, and then I would get faster in mile three. Kind of. You know what I mean? It, every race for me is different. Again, I'm a middle-of-the-pack type of person, right? Uh, I finish my 5Ks around 25 minutes and some change. I keep trying to work on under 25 minutes, right? Um, so... How is a 5K for you? Take me through that. How, where does pushing it to the limit play a part when you're doing your 5K? Um, I would say definitely the last third is when I kind of like to try to push as hard as I can go. Um, a lot of my training right now, especially for marathons, um, my speed work is, consists of mile repeats, and um, it's usually a lot of them. So in a 5K... I kind of try to think, okay, I've run so many miles, like this last mile is nothing. I can just push through it. So it's usually, I would say, the last third. And what's interesting is I met someone a long time ago, probably about four years ago when I did my fastest 5K, and he was telling me to, he was like almost 70 years old, and he said that when he used to run, to teach himself not to do what I talked about, having your first mile the fastest. He said, go out for a training, do your first mile, and then when the second mile comes, get 10 seconds or five seconds faster than your first mile. And then that last mile, you know, in that three-mile run, let it all hang out. You know what I mean? And that's your, like, you have nothing else to save for, you know. And so do I always do that perfectly? No. (laughs) (laughs) It's the goal, but I don't think anyone always Yes. Has it. <laughs> Alright, so with, with all those points pushing it to the limit, everything like that, we, we dropped, you know, Olivia, you dropped a lot of knowledge on us. Let's take a break and when we come back, we're going to ask that question about how you track your practices, okay? We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. So, this week's question, the one question that we're going to feature on today's podcast when it comes to pushing it to the limit is from Ed. Ed says, hey, coach, so I want to start keeping a journal of my running. The only thing, and don't laugh, how exactly do I do that? I mean, I brought a a notebook, so how do I do it? Well, I want to take the time to answer this question first, and then we're going to ask Olivia how she uses her running journal to push push herself to the limit, all right? So first, I want to start off by saying, actually, it's simple. The best thing for me is that I just use the Nike app, okay? It has a place for notes, um, and the best way to track your shoe mileage, you can use that on the Nike Run Club as well. Uh, how many miles your shoes have on it? Your shoes, your recessions, 
right you can also I downloaded the uh, day one journal that, that I use for journaling my day-to-day -day life well I found out that you can create multiple journals within that day one app and so I have a race day journal I put into there let me tell you you, you I can put in there what I weighed on race day I take a picture of uh, me and the group and I put that in there and I have like a digital journal with pictures and everything like that. Okay. So that's another opportunity, another app that you can use. But if you are a pen and paper type person and you definitely want to have a journal that you can just write in because a lot of people are not digital savvy. They don't want to have it in some kind of digital file somewhere. Here, here are the things that you're going to want to write down in your journal, whether digitally or pen and paper you want to have the date the time of day in which you ran okay you might turn in a good time in the morning and have a terrible time in the same distance at nighttime why maybe because you worked all day and you were tired or maybe it's vice versa maybe you turn in a good eight mile run at nighttime and now you want to be a morning person and the morning time was horrible for you why because you're not used to the morning yet and you're just trying to transition the body needs time to get into a rhythm of waking up and getting the body moving so you want to write down the time of day what was the weather you want to write that down on the nike run club which i don't get paid to say all this stuff <laughs> it's just something that i love so you can actually it actually tells you what the weather was right you can you got to write down your distance okay or maybe you didn't go out for a distance you just ran out went out for a 30 minute run or write down that you went for a 30 minute run and how much distance did you cover vice versa okay um so i touched on those two things let me see again if you follow the run walk run format what was your intervals? Was it 60 30, 90 30? Maybe you ran for four minutes with a 30 second walkway. Write all that down. On race days, I like to put what my morning weight was also. Because if I go back in time and say, hey, um, I got faster this particular race, or I was slower this race, what happened? Why was I slower by two minutes this race? Oh, I'm 10 pounds heavier than I was last year. Okay, so that all these things can make a big difference in your running. So let's talk to Olivia to find out from her. Olivia, do you use a journal? Yes or no? Yes, I do. Okay, and, and what, what, what format do you jot uh, down your practices? So I actually do both. I do, I have an app that I use, and then I um, also have an actual like journal notebook type of thing. Um, I really like the the handwritten one just because I like to I do it a week ahead so I will write in all of my runs for the week and then after each of them I'll go back and you know put any notes about them or things like that. This this paper one this paper one that you do um, did you specifically did you specifically buy a running journal that you just fill in the blanks or is it like regular paper and pen? Um, mine is specifically a running journal. Um, if you guys want to check it out, it's called the Believe Training Journal. Um, I think it was like $15. I think it's worth it. Um, lasts the whole year. So. Would you get that on Amazon? Or? Um, 
it might be on Amazon. I think you could just Google it. It's, it'll come up as the first one. It's the Believe Training Journal. Okay, okay. And so listen, um, it sounds like a journal like that probably have motivational quotes in it. Oh, yeah. It has. <laughs> I, it's actually awesome. It has, like, tons of motivational quotes. It has some workouts in there that you know it's um it's written by a professional runner so it has some of her favorite workouts in there and then it has some other just running tips you know shoe tips things like that i think it has some ab workouts so i'm, lo- I'm loving this now you might want to um search for the uh link of this believe journal maybe put that in the show notes okay what about olivia what about your digital journal what what are you using for that um, so I use Strava. Um, I mainly use it because my a lot of my friends that I run with will use that as well. So when we run together, um, you can all just look at it. Okay, I have some I have some questions, some like blitz questions for you. Okay. Okay. So you already told us that your exercise routine is basically you know you run and train like six days a week or so, right? Or sometimes seven. Um, do you intermittent fast? Um. It kind of depends on what phase of my training I'm in. So I definitely have intermittent fasted before. Right now, I'm not, but I'm also running um, like 70 to 80 miles a week. So I'm just always hungry. hungry. <laughs> so I'm always snacking. But I, I'm i a big believer in the intermittent fasting, um, helping with recovery. I don't, I think that it kind of, you would know more about this than me, but I would always find that it has, kind of like an anti-inflammatory effect oh. so do you know why it has an anti-inflammatory effect i don't but okay. you can tell okay. me so one of the reasons why it has an anti-inflammatory effect is the fact that if you eat the typical uh american diet when it comes to healthy whole grain cereal uh maybe toast bread you know those type of things and sugar those type of things causes inflammation so it would only make sense that if you're eating less, that the inflammation will go down in your body, right? So even if a person did not, by the way, if a person did not intermittent fast and you woke up and you have for breakfast leftover grilled chicken from last night and vegetables, that's still not, you know, you're not going to get inflamed by that. But what causes the inflammation is the grains, the sugar, sometimes dairy. People have a reaction to dairy and those things cause inflammation especially like dairy has a lot of sugar in it as well and those things are going to cause inflammation causing your knees to ache and different things like that so when a person intermittent fast is very helpful because of the fact that um, they're going giving your body time to digest the food that you had from the day before and so forth i've actually gone into races now on a 12 hour fast like, I can actually go run. All I need is a, a cup of cold brew from Starbucks, right? <laughs> Again, I didn't get paid for this. I need to start getting paid for this stuff. Seriously, right? you need some sponsors. Starbucks, hear me out on this, guys. You know? Um, so that, that's that's what I do. I have a cup of uh, cold brew, black coffee, nothing in it, and uh, go on my run. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so let me see. Let me see. What... As you excited today? Any special races that you're working on at the moment? Um, right now, I my big race that I'm training for is the Atlantic City Marathon in October, and I have a couple of halves that I'm doing before that in September. You're doing a full marathon in October. The full marathon, yes. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. 
last belt. Just to put it out there, by the time I cross the half marathon tape, okay, my goal is to have a sub two hours. The fastest time that I got in the half marathon is two hours, two minutes, and no, I'm sorry. My fastest half marathon time is two hours and 51 seconds. And I was going for that sub, and at the April Fool's half marathon, in which you said you came in third place with? Yeah. Okay. In that, I got two hours, two minutes, and 30 seconds, and I was, like, almost in tears because I thought that I was going to beat that two, that sub two hours, right? But my takeaway from that, Olivia, is the fact that that was my fastest time in four years. I haven't done that two hour and 51 seconds. That was four years ago. So that was, like, a win for me to get that close because I haven't gotten that yeah. close before. So. Um, I'm, I'm just predicting, guys, that when I do that one hour and 55 uh, minute or one hour and 58 minute half marathon in October, I got a feeling she's going to be coming in, you know what I mean, <laughs> with two hours and 15 minutes or less for the full marathon. Oh, please. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, it's crazy, like, how, how fast some people do a full marathon. Oh, know? it's insane. Some people are not even done the half yet, and they're they done 26 miles, so. Listen, we're cheering for you. Uh, I'm going to have, I don't want to say for the first time, because I've had people do the half marathon with me. I had two people do the half marathon that I took from never running before to do their first half marathon. And then a couple of years later, I had one individual, right? Last year, I had Dylan. We went to Dylan and Allison. They went to Disney with me in Orlando, and we did the Disney half marathon. But this... Um, October Atlantic City Half Marathon. I'm gonna say we got a crew coming. I'm excited. You know, we got Chris Ballard. She's gonna be doing her first one. Jamie Burke is doing her first one. And by the way, these are two mothers, extremely busy schedules, and yet they're finding time to get their training in. Okay, we have Meredith, who is a former uh, triathlon um, person that used our group to get back into it. And I don't want to say former because she's capable of doing that to this day. Like, she is a, a monster. She, um, she's the one that was out there with pushing the stroller. How impressed were you seeing this mom push a stroller up the bridge? Something I'll never do. <laughs> you can mark my words for it. I was highly impressed. My sister and I talked about it the whole way home. Did you really? Yeah. See, like, you know, she is a monster. And then at that particular day, I took over the stroller duties so that she could finish her last part of the race run. I tell you what, my shoulders were burning because, sure. because that front wheel didn't turn. So you had to manually, like, muscle that thing around, man. Marital, shout out to you. Ed is a big um, fan of the show, and that's 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 one of his best buddies. So I, I know uh, you're going to... You're going to love this part of the podcast. And shout out to you. Shout out to Jamie. Jamie loves our podcast, too. So shout out to our regular listeners. Tina, shout out to you. Thank you so much for supporting the show. And uh, Olivia said, mark her words, she will never do that. So that must mean she's never going to have a kid. <laughs> because I'm telling you, Olivia loves running so much that if she had a kid, she will be that stroller person. I'm telling you, I mark my words that if she does ever have a kid, she will be that mom passing you in the stroller. Right? We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> that used to kill me. Olivia, that used to kill me at races when the, when the person with a stroller would pass me. Oh, my goodness. It would just defeat me. You know how you said the hair, your headphones go out and it kind of messes yeah. you up? 
when a person passes you in a stroller, it's so demoralizing. <laughs> like, I am not that good that I can't keep ahead of the person that's running your stroller. Well, we're going to be cheering you on. In this, this is this your first ever marathon? Uh, it's not. Okay, okay. So I think you actually talked about this. You actually done one in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna be cheering you on. This is this your first time ever doing the Atlantic City Four? Yes, and this is gonna be my first time um, racing one. I would say before I was just testing the waters, okay, okay. seeing seeing if I could handle the yeah yeah distance. Well, so well, I'm, we're rooting for you. I have never done a 26, never done a full before. Um, one of my, I do have a goal of potentially doing the 2021 Disney full marathon. I never want to compete in a full marathon. I do have a 10 year old son and I just felt like I don't want to take a lot of time from him by running all the time. Um, and life is a little demanding. So sometimes I can't get it in in the morning. So, but I do have this this itch to do the Disney full marathon. Do you know why? Why? Because I did I've done the the half and it comes with a Donald Duck medal. <laughs> I want the Mickey Mouse medal. They know exactly what they're doing with this. That's they awesome. Know, like, you can't get the Mickey Mouse medal for doing a half. <laughs> like you gotta do the full thing get yeah. the Mickey. And I want Mickey. <laughs> I want the Mickey medal. And it's just the Disney half is so fun, man. It's so fun and it actually will take you the full marathon will take you through all the parks. Animal Kingdom, Magic Kingdom, uh, Epcot. And there's a fourth one, and I'm drawing a blank on it. But the half, it takes you from Epcot to Magic Kingdom, and that's it. So, yeah. Oh, Hollywood Studios. Okay. That's the fourth one. Okay, Hollywood Studios. On that, the full marathon will take you to. So, again, this has been a blast. I thank you so much for your time, and uh, we're going to be cheering for you. But before we, let you, before we let you go, for our beginners out there, that is new to running, New to their journey, even those middle of the Packers, like I talked about, my, even myself, give us one parting piece of advice and we'll say goodbye. Um, I would say just enjoy it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's something, you know, that we all choose to do and just look at it with a positive attitude. And I think that that makes a huge difference. Um, again, we're lucky that we get to run. There's definitely people out there that would love to run so um i think that that really is a way to stay motivated and you know when you start to look at something as something that you have to do it becomes a chore and it kind of takes the fun out of it so as long as you're keeping it fun and enjoying it um it's running so and and that almost like i wanted to say goodbye on that note but what you were saying was so like dead on and how would one go about finding it enjoyable? And from my perspective, maybe that's switching up where you go run. You know, if your community is boring, but maybe maybe go go run on the boardwalk. You don't live near the boardwalk, go find a different area that, that has scenery, like trails and stuff like that, right? Which yeah, I would always say switch it up. And also, if you can find someone to run with, yeah. it, I think that that has always helped me. Find people that are faster than you, find people that are slower than you. It doesn't matter. Just as long as you, you know, have someone else to enjoy it with, I think that that makes a big difference as well. And I'm big on having stuff on the calendar. Do you find that, you know, that keeps you motivated by having something on the 
Yeah, definitely. Um, if I know that I have a race coming up or something like that, I'm a lot more motivated than if it's just, you know, middle of winter, <laughs> just waking up to go run in the snow. So, so if, now do you have some plan for the middle of the winter so that, because that, that was me, right? I, I used to hate it running in the summer, but then I would end up putting weight back on because I would lessen my runs. But now I got five Ks planned in August. You know, I'm training for the, the September 29th or 30th half marathon. So I can't take no time off during the summer, right? In the wintertime, you know, in January, I'm heading down to Disney. So in, in December, I'll be out there running. Um, even in January, if you even want to start in January, you can get ready for races in March, right? Do you yeah. have stuff out there? So I actually don't have anything on the calendar right now. Um, probably need to get on that Let's soon. Get on it. So Let's get on it. <laughs> maybe you can help me out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's our call for today. Thank you so much for listening to the Morning Intermittent Fasting and Weight Loss Podcast. Uh, one thing that you can do with this information that you you heard and reach out to them. Take action. Okay, take action. Visit runtothebestyou.com, sign up to one of our training programs online or in person, and I'm excited to meet you and see you at the next starting line.